Have you struggled with self-confidence? Being over 50, I've had countless moments of self-doubt from questioning my career choices to going through a divorce and trying to navigate the dating world as a single mom. Sometimes it feels like the doubts just keep piling up, but I know I'm not alone in this struggle. I am your host, Kelly Buckley, and I'm thrilled to be sharing the Beautifully Confident show, where we'll explore ways to grow our confidence inside and out. We'll hear from experts who have been through it all and learn practical tips for embracing our strengths and feeling more self-assured. I'm excited to embark on this journey of self-discovery and growth, and I hope you'll join me in overcoming our doubts and fears and become beautifully confident together. Hi, and welcome to the Beautifully Confident Show. I am your host, Kelly Buckley, and we explore the powerful connection between beauty and confidence and some turning points of our guests that maybe their confidence was shaken. And I am excited to have my beautiful friend, Shirley, on today. Uh, I feel like her story is one that all women need to hear so that they can share with friends uh, if it's necessary for them. It's just so impactful. Let me share a little bit about Shirley, and then we will introduce her. So Shirley Buck is a mindset coach specializing in overcoming severe abuse and trauma. Shirley has a remarkable personal journey, one that has shaped her profound understanding of the transformative potential that lies within each of us. Welcome, Shirley. I'm so happy to have you here. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Oh, my goodness. And why I wanted you to share your story on the Beautifully Confident show um, is I, I feel like you just, you made that conscious decision to say, I need to move past this. And I, I feel like it's such a powerful message that women that have been in this situation need to realize and start realizing you don't have to stay in that situation. So I'm so happy to have you share your story. So can you share a little bit about you? I know that you have a book coming out. Uh, so we don't want to give the whole book away, but share your story so that our listeners can feel what you went through and and your journey of how you are where you are today. Okay, well, thank you for having me. Um, I became a mindset coach in order to help others overcome severe abuse and trauma because I myself had been through that. I was born to deaf parents, and that in itself puts a lot of responsibility on a child you become their ears and their voice at a very young age. For example, at the age of five, I interpreted their divorce. I was responsible for taking care of that. Um, my mother became, I mean, she married another man by the time I was about eight years old. And he talked her into selling our home that my father had left us. And he took all our money and moved us into a, a pretty bad apartment on the north side of Chicago and took off with all the money from the home. My mother was very depressed and she started to drink and she became an abusive alcoholic. And she took that anger out on me. Uh, there were times she'd be gone for days at a time. When she'd come home, she would hit me and hit me and yell at me and tell me that it's my fault. The only reason she ever had me was to save the marriage. It didn't work. Um, 
she said, if it wasn't for you, I, he, my husband, my second husband would have stayed. So she really had a lot of anger and she took it out on me. I now don't believe she felt that way towards me. I feel like she just needed an outlet and that's who I was to her. Uh, she would hit me until I would develop this, my, where my body would start shaking and my jaw would lock up. I couldn't move my jaw. And then she'd get frightened and take me to the hospital. So I was at that hospital quite a bit. Uh, back then, they really didn't do anything about child abuse. They, you know, your parents were in charge. And uh, she would at times come home with black eyes, you know, beaten up. Other times she'd come home, she was raped two different times, and I'd have to attend the hospital with her. One of these times she became pregnant, so I had to go to an abortion clinic with her at the age of 13 and any 12, 13, and about 12, and interpret for her at an abortion clinic. Um, children aren't usually allowed in places like this, but right. because she was deaf, I was allowed in a lot of places I shouldn't have been. So this went on for years, and at the age of 13, she had taken her life. I, I came home from a weekend with my father, and um, I could tell something was wrong. She had lost weight. She wasn't bathed. She was confused. So uh, anyway, she took her life that morning around 2 a.m. Uh, and she stabbed herself repeatedly in the stomach and throat and she tried to take my life that evening as well. The people in the basement uh, were trying to break in. Somehow they got in. I, I, I made it to the front door in order to let them in, in between. Like, it was a horrific fight. And... Um, when I let them in, I, I turned around. I could see what my mother was doing. And, um, you know, they took me downstairs. And anyway, she she died that night. And my when my father came after all the questioning and everything, um, later on that day, we had to go identify her body. And I was the one to identify her body. Again, with deaf parents. You know, they just allow children to come in. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know about nowadays. I think things have changed a little bit, but not much, not much. It's hard to say, you know, <laughs> right. if, if that child is the closest, what they deem as the closest relative, it really is hard to say what they would right. still allow. Right, exactly. So I, I moved in with my father who had recently remarried about six months before my mother died and my stepmother did not want me there they had a child together my half sister and they had her seven years prior but they had just gotten married six months prior to my mother dying and she didn't want me there my father would set a plate of food at dinner time in front of me and she would literally take it throw it in the sink run to the bedroom shut the door lock the door he would go after her and there was constant fighting about me being there. She wouldn't let me wash my clothes there. And I just told my father, look, I'm just going to 
hang out. I'm going to stay gone. I won't eat here. I won't wash my clothes here. I'll figure it out. And, you know, I started hanging out with kids that were out late, older kids partying, you know, and where I felt like at least I had people around me and someone, you know, that I felt were my friends. Uh, and I got a job at a local grocery store at 13 years old, working and getting $10 a day. On that $10 a day, I would eat out at fast food and I would save change to do my laundry at the end of the week. So I was still living at home. And sometimes the doors would be locked when I come home because I'd be coming home late. But my little sister, she would leave a window unlocked for me so I could crawl in and sleep there and be gone in the morning before she woke up. And But this man who owned the grocery store molested me. I worked there for two years. He molested me daily for two years. Um, aside from that 10 or 15 minutes in the back, he was my only adult friend who was providing a way for me to eat. He was kind. He was nice to me. It's, I guess that's how children become victims because they're the person preying on them sometimes are their only friends, you know? So during that time, you know, I was already partying. I was very young, but I was you know, pretty much out on the streets. Um, I did have a place to sleep, but I didn't have a home. Hmm. And there was a 25-year-old man who came into the store all the time. He used to play video games. And we started to talk and get to know each other. And I started to have a crush on him. And so he told me he was falling in love with me. He was, you know, and so I started dating him and he told me he couldn't have children. He was sterile. I had nothing to worry about. So I started an intimate relationship with him and was pregnant four months later at 15 years old. So of course he disappeared from the picture and didn't want anything to do with me. And I ended up going to my grandmother who was my father's mother and she uh, took me in and I lived there while I was pregnant. And at first I thought, I want to keep this baby. But as time went on, I realized I had nowhere to live. How was I going to support this child at 15 years old? So I gave him up for adoption. And um, that was very hard, very hard. I'm sure. So from the age of like 15, 18, I mean, I, this is just a skim you know, off the surface of my story, the book, it goes into deep detail about everything that had happened. Um, a lot, a lot more detail. But um, by the time I, you know, from 15 to 18, I was living at friend's house, partying, you know, anything to keep my mind just going. I, I just never really stopped to think about what was happening to me. I just, shoved my feelings down. I started to become very hardened. I was I built up these walls. I was this tough, scrappy kid. And um guys really like dating and all that, I used to think you can't hurt me. From what I've been through, do you think you can hurt me? And I even started to enjoy hurting them first, like leaving them first, like hurting, you know, and it yeah. became um, a way for me to release some of the anger I had. 
So at the age of 18, I had a cousin who worked for the Steelworkers Union and got me a job. And I became a machinist at Steelworkers Union. And I, I was making good money. And I got my own apartment at 18. And again, I had more money, so I was partying even harder. Uh, I would literally go out every single night and run until I dropped and would sleep for a couple of days. You know, just I had this crazy life going. Um, when I was working there, I met a man who worked there and we became very serious. He was a good man. He he provided um, security for me. He, I felt safe with him. And we moved in together and I had, I guess for the first time in my life, felt safe, felt loved, felt like maybe I can have a life. And then I had a severe nervous breakdown. All of the anxiety and depression, I've had eating disorders. I've been everywhere on the scale from 70 pounds to 200 pounds. I, I had, you know, addictions. I had all kinds of stuff going on. And I was trying to give all that up and become this. We, were, we became engaged. I, I felt like I'm going to become a mother, a, a, a wife, and I, it just terrified me. And I had a nervous breakdown. It was the most terrifying time in my life. I think everything I've suppressed, everything I wouldn't allow myself to think about, I just kept going, 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 going. And my body, my mind, everything just gave out. Yeah. That's when I knew I needed help because I wasn't going to survive. And I literally thought I would be locked up and never, never be normal. I, yeah. I was so terrified. And I, I couldn't get out of bed. I stopped going to work. I just stopped going to work for three months. I didn't call them. I didn't answer their calls. Right. I just, I totally just collapsed. And, you know, my best friend came to visit me a few times trying to get me out of bed. And they worked really hard. And, you know, people wanted me to see a therapist and to get help, maybe get on meds. And I refused to do that. I myself at the time thought, well, how is anyone going to understand my story? How is anyone going to help me if they haven't been through it? How are they going to really understand me? But I did want to get better. And I decided to get some self-help books. And I started with a book called The Feel Good Handbook. I, I remember that. I don't remember much about it because it was quite a few years ago, uh, 30 years ago. Easy. And... um it had worksheets in it and I started to do some work and I started to understand that there were millions of other people who've had breakdowns, depression, anxiety, millions of other people who have what some may call irrational fears um, and that I wasn't alone. And I, there was a like a, one sentence in there that said, just go ahead and try to go crazy right now. Just try to go crazy. You're not crazy. Try to go. And I, I don't know why that one sentence was like, oh, okay, maybe I'm not crazy. Maybe I'm going to be okay. I mean, it was that simple one sentence that, you know, helped me start to climb out and not feel so alone. And from then on, I just did tons and tons and tons, years and years of work. And um, 
I mean, in, in all the process of learning, I became a wife. I became a mother. Uh, he and I divorced when my children were two and four years old, but we're still friends to this day. And um, I think I did a really good job being a single parent. I, I, my children and I are very close. My grandchildren and I are very close. Um, Shirley, let's, let's talk about a couple of those things. Cause I think these are some important things that our listeners need to hear about. So all of that going on in your life. Um, and I think this is probably kind of the start of a pattern that, you know, you certainly could have repeated that pattern in your own, you know, as you progressed in your own life. Because did you did you think this was a normal way of life as you were growing up? I I did for a long time, but I but I also always wanted more. There was that there was that hunger inside of me that I didn't want to live that way. I wanted to live a good life. I you know, and it was um, it was the study of changing my mindset that helped me overcome things because. If you don't change your mindset, your mind does have a groove and patterns and you do repeat things unless you take it upon yourself to change your mind. And the remarkable thing that I learned, a few things, one of the things that occurred to me is that the past does not exist and it really does not exist unless we give it thought. It really is gone, done. It's you couldn't go back to it if you wanted to. That was very powerful for me to realize because I was like, oh, well, if I give thought to something good in the past, then it, it then it exists. And I give thought to something bad in the past, then it exists. You know, um, I learned that our bodies are not coffins for us to live in the past that, you know, uh, are, that we're destined to live these you know, patterns of scarcity and um, insecurities. That's that's not what we're here for. Yeah. And uh, so once I learned that I can control my mind, it made me realize that I do have a soul. Like if I was just my mind, I wouldn't be able to control it, right? So I was like, wow, I... This was all these revelations coming to me. And I learned how to meditate, journal, uh, all, you know, affirmations, just everything I needed to learn to change my mindset. I did the work. And it's a very simple process, but it's not easy because you have to do it. Yeah. It's simple. It's a simple process. It's unbelievable how simple it is. <laughs> but it is not easy, if that makes sense, because you have yeah. to do it. You have to do it. Yeah. And it's, so I want to. It's, it's a fun journey. Yeah. It's not a hard journey. It's fun. And one, one thing I want to say that's very important that I believe helps for me. No matter how old you get, stay childlike, play, have fun, laugh, because if. You don't do the things you enjoy. If you just get caught in that rut of just working, paying bills, come home, eat, work, pay bills, like you're going to be 
depressed. Why wouldn't you be depressed? Yeah. You, you know, you have to see the beauty in life. You have to, you do have to change your mindset. Yeah. So something else you said, um, you had that breakdown. You did. Um, but I think obviously it had to happen because it led you to those next steps of how we can move past anything is taking that time to reflect. So I think that was great that, you know, you allowed yourself to reflect on what do I want and and this isn't it. <laughs> so right. what do I need to move past that? So you started reading books. Um, so what were some of the the next steps? Because for our listeners listening, you know, they may be hearing, oh gosh, like I maybe didn't have all that trauma, but I had this trauma or this trauma, and maybe it's different. Um, and what are some of the steps that I can take to move past that? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, this isn't only for people who've been through trauma and abuse. I mean, people who have setbacks and just insecurities from whatever had happened. Maybe, you know, I've, I've talked to clients who've had great childhoods, but have insecurities they needed to get past. And the beautiful thing about it is changing your mindset works for anyone, everyone, you know? Yeah. So taking some of the steps is learning how to take ownership, know that if your life is a certain way, it's because of you and nobody else. You cannot blame your past. You cannot blame your spouse. You cannot blame your children. Whatever is going on in your life is your responsibility to change. And learning how to let go of guilt is very important. Learning how to be childlike and play and do the things that you enjoy. There's, there's a lot of steps. And I actually created a three-month course, a 90-day course that gives weekly lessons with daily activities that after 90 days, it sets you on a path that you're, you know, and have the tools to change your mindset. And, you know, after I, it was a, it was a progress for me. It was, I started to learn to change my mindset. Then before I know it, my life was changing, but I didn't realize that I was creating my life yet. I didn't realize that I was just, and, and people would ask me, man, you say that you want this to happen and it happens. How do you do it? I said, I don't know because I'm lucky, but I wasn't lucky. I was optimist. I was optimistic. I was thinking good thoughts. I was doing things that made me happy because you truly cannot, you're not doing anyone else any favors if you're helping the world and not helping yourself because you're, you're teaching people that it's not important to take care of yourself. And it, you have to take care of yourself in order to be that best person if you want to do well for other people. So, you know, I just started doing things like that and my life was changing, but I didn't even know I was manifesting and using the laws of attraction that came later i think you have to first learn to change your mindset then you can go into bigger things like the laws of attraction and manifestation and how source and the universe works with your thoughts and how thoughts turn to things there's so much to learn but it's a fun journey it can be a fun journey it doesn't have to be hard work i know that society teaches us you have to work hard if you want to make it and you know it 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 really doesn't have to be that way. You can do this in a fun, happy way. Absolutely. And 
I just hope, you know, and, and to have confidence, especially as women, you know, my confidence was beaten down all the time, all the time, you know, and not only if, if that happens in our family, if our family is tearing us down, that's really a hard thing because society teaches us women that we have to look a certain way, act a certain way, you know, all, to be accepted by men or at the job, you know, site or there's there's so many expectations of women. And I think it's a beautiful time now because women really are starting to know hey, I'm beautiful the way I am. And and women are starting to come together, which is a beautiful thing because we used to always be, you know, in competition with other women. And now we're starting to come together. It It is a beautiful movement I see happening. I think it just has to keep being promoted. And that's why I love what you do because you are really widening that, you know, that opportunity for women to come together. And I love that. Thank you. Yes. And that's, that's the message I want women to, to really hear is all the different things of what other women have, have gone through. And it's so varied, you know, that your story does need to be heard by someone. Someone is going to be affected by your story. So, um, so what do you have what do you have coming up um that our our listeners can be looking forward to and you know as they're relating to oh yeah I feel like this I feel like I'm relating to this what can they look to you for next Well I have a book coming out in October Sweet Freedom Whispered in My Ear I wrote the book and that is is really putting my whole life my my emotions everything out there um being vulnerable i teach is actually takes more strength than being guarded so yes i felt if i'm saying that to people that i need to be vulnerable and i i put everything my emotions you know there are a lot more things that have happened to me obviously i can't you know tell you my whole story in a podcast because it's doesn't have enough time but so the book really goes into depth on what I had experienced but also at the end of each chapter it talks about what I've learned from that particular life you know um situation and at the end it also talks about you know it it has tools and um ways to change your mindset it, it has a lot of tools in there and um like i said i i also am a coach a mindset coach and i have a 90-day course and there's different options with that as well um on my website you can sign up to get notified when the book is released and um their book release for the first 24 hours will be the digital copy and it'll be $1.99. So everybody has access to it. Um, and then I think a week or two after that, the hard co- hard cover and soft cover will come out. But my website, shirleybuck.com, uh, has a place you can put your email in to be notified when the book is released. Um, also, there's information there on how you can set up a consultation call with me if you'd like to as well. 
So those are two ways. I do have a Facebook community, uh, Red Leaf Healing, and that's, I blog on there. I uh, People are able to reach out to me with questions. I actually reach out to five people a day on in my group, you know, just to say, hey, you know, do you need anything? Do you need to talk about anything? You know, just to stay available to people because maybe sometimes people feel intimidated to reach out, but um, I, I try to reach out, make sure everybody's doing okay. I have over 650 people in my group. So oh my. <laughs> so that's quite a rotation. <laughs> yes. And it's growing and it's growing. It's really wonderful. It's really wonderful. Oh, that's great. And I think that's a great practice um, that I think it's important for women to hear. And I recently heard that as well is reaching out to three new people a day, but reaching out to five people to to just build a relationship with them. And even in my own personal experience, when somebody reaches out and just says, hey, how you doing? It just gives you a really warm feeling to know they were thinking about me. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but I also think it incorporates, you know, what you were talking about before about women supporting each other. And, you know, who is someone that you can reach out to today and just say, how are you doing? I have no ulterior motive for this. I just <laughs> want to know how you're doing. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and I, I remember little things like my son-in-law has done for me. My children are always very good to me, but just little things that somebody does for you without you asking, especially when you're someone who... Uh, tends to take care of everybody and and think of everybody uh, when someone does do something for you that out of the blue it it really means a lot to me and I remember them saying well that was so small and I'm like yeah but it meant a lot to me so don't ever underestimate your small contribution maybe they're huge to somebody yeah, absolutely yeah and I do think I think that's also a good point especially for people who have been through trauma and and hearing even in your story how much it was put on you to take care of so many others you know that it it makes perfect sense that you had a breakdown to, that you finally had a release of i don't have to take care of the world anymore right. and, and realizing that and i think that's important for for women especially to hear that that we are not responsible to take care of the world <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> And and even we even need time, you know, when we're raising children or, you know, we have families, we still need to take that time for ourselves and not, you know, otherwise, you know, we're, we're really not 100% present for our families if we don't take that time for ourselves. And there's nothing wrong with taking time for yourself. Nothing. No, no. And actually that is... Part of my coaching is is going over really diving into the self-care is how, because it, it shows up in so many different areas. It doesn't mean a bubble bath and a manicure, even right. though I do love those things. Yes, me too. <laughs> Actually a manicure because I, I don't really do my nails, but yeah, Oh my goodness. Well, it has been fabulous to have you here. And listeners, if you did not catch her website, it's okay. It's in the show notes and all of her links to how you can connect with her for 
a strategy call, um, to find her group, to find her book. All of that good stuff is on her website. So you can connect with Shirley that way. And of course, my last question, Shirley, is what does it mean to you to be beautifully confident? To actually do things like write the book, be on podcast, um, help support other women and, and help support people who, you know, went through trauma and abuse. Uh, it took me quite a few years to be able to talk really about my story and um, be confident enough to be vulnerable because I always did have to put up that wall and be protected, protect myself, protect my family. Um, now I feel like I've, you know, I have the confidence now to come out and say what I need to say to help other people, inspire other people, I should say, because you have to help yourself, but you know, you, it, there's, when you're ready to help yourself, there's nothing wrong with having someone help you help yourself, you know, yeah. and I've, I guess being beautifully confident is just being that person now who can help others overcome. That's great. I love that. I also love, and I'm just going to point this out that you just mentioned about that it, it didn't happen overnight, that you had that confidence. So I do want to encourage our listeners, if you're yeah. thinking, you know, Shirley turned this around in two days. She didn't. No, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yes, it was, you know, even when I was doing well and thriving, I still had other patterns I had to address. And, you know, those will be in my other books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I think to know that we're always, um, you know, a work in progress to Absolutely. becoming our beautifully confident selves is important for people to realize is, is yes, it may it might look great from the outside and like it turned around in a day, but that's not the case. Yeah. So Absolutely. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here today, Shirley. I appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing your story with our listeners. Thank you so much for having me. I, I really love what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please check the show notes so that you can continue your journey on empowering yourself as well as empowering others to become your most beautifully confident self. Are you fed up with feeling exhausted and drained? I was some years ago until I took action to reclaim my confidence. Are you ready to regain your self-assurance and dive into a fulfilling professional journey that you adore? It's time to embrace the perfect blend of self-care and effective time management. Book a strategy call with me on my Beautifully Confident podcast website, where we'll team up and design a seamless work-life action plan tailored just for you. Take a peek at my 12-week She Elevates Now program, where we delve into the depths and establish lasting habits that will transform your life. Let's partner up and make magic happen. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Beautifully Confident Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and review and share this with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you in your beauty and confidence journey, visit my website at beautifullyconfidentpodcast.com.